Welcome in another edition of Texans Huddle. I am Indy Kalu. He's Drew Doherty and future college football Hall of Famer, future coach maybe, future whatever he wants to be because he can do whatever he says his mind to. Case Keenum sitting in with us. Good afternoon, Case. How are you doing? Hey, afternoon, guys. I'm doing well. How about you guys? All right, let's get all the uh, stuff over with, the uncomfortable (laughs) talk over with. For those (laughs) listening, I'm a proud Rice alum, and the guy next to me, like I said, future college football Hall of Famer for everything that he did for the University of Houston. And once again, we have the Bayou Bucket. I just feel like it's just (laughs) Just rubbing it in, man. Gee whiz. It's just something Mm. we just, you know, Mm. kept over. So. Just wanted to make sure I put that out there for the public to hear. I got nothing. I I, I, I have no words to say. Uh, man, uh, they they stole it from us back in the day too when I was on the team. So I, you know, it's uh, it, the rivalry lives on there. It, it <laughs> I gotta it, say, it lives on. And you know, all jokes aside, y'all dominated for the last decade plus. So since we were able to squeak in that victory, well, y'all dominated us for, in the first half this time. The first half, <laughs> it was and, it was we just didn't have enough time to come back, and y'all played a. Heck of a game, man. It was uh, tough to watch as a Cougar fan. And, uh, yeah, it's been a little bit of a down year. But, uh, yeah, let's let's keep that rivalry going and uh, some big games in the future, hopefully. You, you know, speaking of those rivalries, uh, you, and I'm not going to get on my soapbox, but I'm still bothered that the Southwest Conference is no longer because, yes. you know, obviously I'm much older than you. But when I was a young man in San Antonio, I used to just love watching Raycom sports and waking up Saturday morning and seeing – SMU versus Baylor or Texas Tech versus UT. And and I understand the money and the reason behind jumping ship, but I just it's just not the same for me right now. It's I mean, you're you're preaching to the choir and I'm sure we're all uh uh thinking the same thing, but I mean a, a conference of Texas schools. Oh, come on. You know, just Texas schools from tech to AM, Texas, Houston, SMU, Rice, TCU. I mean, all all the schools uh, in Texas. I mean, you could throw the the schools up and coming now. UTSA, UTEP, the, the teams that uh, are fighting too. It'd, it'd be a blast. I mean, all of us way too proud of Texas people would <laughs> eat that up. I mean, it's like anything. You throw you throw the, the the state of Texas on a on the Texas tea we have in the cafe, and it's all of a sudden it tastes better. Yeah. You know? Can you imagine? <laughs> it's it's like football. What's better than football? It's Texas football. Right. In case obviously you made your bones at U of H through for what was it eight zillion or nine zillion yards i can't remember i forget but growing up you grew up in the big country out in abilene right outside abilene who did you cheer for college football wise growing up did you have a team or was it kind of just whatever was on you know for me my dad being a football coach uh in high school and then later on in college as well it was it was kind of his football team his division three football out there um you know the uh McMurray, Harden Simmons. So we were out in Sol Ross for a yeah, while. Yeah. We coached at Tarleton. Uh, all those schools and those players, man, Division Three football, they love football. Yeah. And uh, I mean, they're. I remember my, my dad being on the phone recruiting at night, talking about financial aid and, you know, filling out your FAFSA and, you know, all this stuff right. that, uh, man, these guys, they, they, you know, obviously were student athletes and going to get a degree, but, uh, man, they did it because they loved it and they loved the teams they were on. Uh, I was on bus rides from, you know, Alpine to Mississippi College, uh, man. They they we go <laughs> they go play a game. We'd listen to it on the radio, and my dad would be there the next morning. You know, just driven back through the night. So those are my favorite teams, man. Braxton Shaver, Kedrick Dixon, uh, Roy Peacock, um, all these guys that you guys have no idea who they are. But man, I I worshipped them as a ball boy on the sidelines growing up. 
You know what's cool about that? I'm glad you mentioned that. When I get a chance to work with some high school defensive linemen and, you know, they claim that they really love the sport and they'll have some D3 offers, D2 offers, even some JUCO, I always say, hey, if you're going there, you better love football. You better be going to play uh, to play the greatest sport in the history of sports, in my opinion, and not for the swag, not for 20,000 people in the stands. Like, you just got to love putting your hand in the dirt and playing the game of football. And for you to, you, you know, I used to, people used to give me flack because, if there's a football game, especially college, I'm watching it. You know, I don't care what division. No doubt. No and, doubt. and and again, I know the talents at Alabama. You know, I know the talents at Georgia. But there's something about the these smaller schools, the true student athletes, the guys that are just truly playing. Uh, you know, for the love of the game. If you're interviewing a potential candidate for uh, your alma mater to take over the reins of the head coach, <laughs> what what are a couple of questions you would ask that that individual? Uh, you know, it's tough. It's tough these days. Um, you know, you're talking about the, you know, basically the biggest representation of your university on a national uh, level. Um, you know, so uh, there's, a, there's a lot of questions. I think one particular right now, it's a hot button, but I mean, you got to talk about the transfer portal and NIL and, you know, how you, how you go about developing your team uh, from the inside out, which a lot of teams right now are kind of you know, coming from the outside in. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, obviously different philosophies in that and how to go about it. But, you know, longevity of programs, you look at the ones, like you said, with all the talent and the ones that are good, consistently good year in and year out. Um, you know, I don't I don't know. And there's, there's probably people out there that know a lot more than me, but I bet they're not all uh, transfer portal players. Right. I bet they're guys that have, you know, been recruited to Georgia, to Alabama, to these teams that – Ohio State, Michigan, that are, you know, consistently top 10, top five teams, and they're staying there. Um, obviously, there's different situations that go, but me, I'm I, I'm a product of competition. Uh, I didn't go to a college because I knew I could start, you know, in a, in a few years. I, I went to college because I got one scholarship offer, and I think the competition of, you know, making the team, the competition of trying to become the starter, the competition, competition of – trying to keep my job made me a better player. Uh, and that's that was hands down across the board at Houston when I was playing was uh, the competition within the team. I mean, you go from anything, from off-season workouts to, uh, to training camp against the defense, you know, and then it, it carries over to the game. So uh, I think that would be probably my question, trying to round it back to what you asked, but it's just how, you know, how do you go about the development of a team uh, with the modern day uh, players that you have coming out of high school and coming out of other colleges in the transfer portal. How does that happen? You know, now that you've had time to be away and you've you, obviously you're past the recruiting phase of it. How does a guy who won a state championship, uh, how does a guy that ends up rewriting the, the, you know, the record books in college football, how do you only end up with one scholarship to a D one school? Like when I hear that, I think, okay, the recruiters, the, you know, the evaluators, they're not doing their job. And I'm not just saying that to stroke yeah. you. Like, yeah. it happens all the time. Like, yeah. how, does, how does that happen? You know, it's that's a great question. And I, I think it's probably a lot of it's got to be how hard it is to evaluate the quarterback position and the amount of different ways that you can get the job done. Um, and really, there's a lot of ways you can get the job done at a MVP – Pro Bowl, uh, Hall of Fame level. I mean, 
look at look at the difference in you know in Peyton Manning and how he's doing it, or you know has done it, and then Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. I mean that's you know there's a lot of difference in how it's done. Um, you know, and then there's there's people that try to make comparisons all the time, and you know guys that get drafted right next to each other, and um, you know different teams, different systems, same systems, different teams. And then, you know, height, weight, arm strength, you try to, you know, plug all these variables into, you know, and then you get a guy like CJ and, you know, you turn the lights on, you throw him out there on the field, and it's it's unbelievable to watch. I mean, you know, everybody knows how good that dude is. You, you, you can't – the film does not lie when, uh, when, you, when you put him out there and you watch him. So it's just, it's just hard, though. I mean, you know, at, at what, whatever level you come from um, – you know that there's the the people in the next level. It's there's there's so many things to look at and so many other variables that people try to put uh, value on over other variables. It's tough. It's a tough uh, job to to evaluate. Um, and you know, I think there's certain things that uh, that don't sit there on a piece of paper that you know might weigh in more than than others. Uh, and being competitive is one. Having a heart uh, is one. Being a fighter is another. And so. You know, I don't know if that answers your question. Uh, probably just broadens the the topic to an even bigger question. You know, but uh, uh, that's why this game is special. That's why I love playing quarterback. Got quarterback Case Keenum with us here on Texans Huddle. Case, what has this year been like for you, just from a mechanical standpoint? What are you doing on a daily basis? What are you doing on a game basis? We see on the sidelines, mm-hmm. you're ruled inactive, but you got your pads on, which means you can play if the two guys in front of you get hurt. But What's it been like for you? Because you have done everything in this game, if you think about it. You've been on a practice squad. You've been a starter. You've, mm-hmm. you've won huge games. You, I mean, every every sort of facet right. in between those two. What are you doing? Yeah, my my process of, of preparing to play, um, you know, hasn't changed. Like, a, like when I was here the first year on the practice squad trying to get ready to play, when I was uh, getting ready to play in the NFC Championship game for Minnesota, um, you know the the process of my you know weekly preparation of uh, getting ready to go if my name is called is is not changed. Some of those things, the time spent uh, watching film, uh, you know, studying the playbook, as opposed to in the weight room, training room, you know, maybe getting my body ready has changed. I would say a percentage of my uh, preparation now is more uh, taking care of my body. Uh, you know, I turn on the film this week and we're playing Vance Joseph. You know, I, I played for Vance. I practiced against his team every day for a whole year. Um, I've played against Vance a bunch, you know. So you turn on the film and, and things kind of start coming back to you quicker than it did, you know, in year four or five that, uh, you know, I was watching film and having to watch every blitz tape and, and all this stuff. So Is that more common too? I mean, you've been around a long time now. Are you seeing a lot of guys that you've – Played with, played for, played against. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a reunion every week. I go out and somebody. I mean, you, De- you were there with him in Denver. He was here with you when you started out. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was a DB's coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I've I've known Vance a long time. Um, have a ton of respect for him, man. Um, love him and his family. We we really enjoyed playing him. I uh, this is a, you know you could get on a whole nother radio show about uh, him getting a fair shot uh, in Denver. But uh, you know I know everything happens for a reason and. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that's, that's kind of going back to your question. Like that's, you know, my preparation is a little different, uh, when it comes to the mental side of it. Um, and just all those hours I've already spent in the, in the, 
film room and studying the game plan and uh, knowing how to attack defenses. Uh, you know, a lot of those banked hours, uh, you know, I'm, I'm able to rely on now so I can go spend a little more time uh, with Roland in the training room, you know, and uh, work a little bit with Mike in the in the weight room, get a few more squats in during the week, you know, try to try to make sure I uh, can squeeze every last drop out of my body that I can. When you talk about your film study and being around and knowing Vance's uh, defense, is that something, obviously, don't tell me, well, you, you won't, you, you, you're a vet, don't tell me anything you don't want to share, but is that something you talk to CJ about? Like, hey, you know, here's a tip uh, when playing against this defense, here's something that I've noticed or that being around him for over a year that I've picked up on. Do you, do you share that with the guys or do you kind of let them pick up their own tendencies? Oh, 100%. I, you know, and, and I'm not, like I said, we have incredible coaches in our in our room, man, and and guys that have coached with Vance and, you know, played against Vance and studied his defenses. And uh, so, you know, with, with all that being said, if there's something that, uh, you know, I feel like I wish I'd have known when I was playing against him the first time, yeah, I'll definitely share that stuff and let him know. Uh, CJ does a great job of preparation. He's got a great head on, on his shoulders, and y'all have probably talked so much about what he's able to do and how he's able to do it. But uh, uh, and so I, I make sure I don't clutter his mind when it comes to that because he's he's got a very clear mind and he's playing decisively and uh, great mechanics. He's making great decisions. Uh, he has all year. He's going to continue to do so. So, but yeah, if there's anything that I could do to help, um, you know, hey, take a peek at this blitz. You know, like. You know, we have this play up. It's the same kind of play. You know, this is a blitz that I saw back, you know, here or there. Like, so di different things like that throughout weeks, uh, you know, tend to come up every now and then. But, uh, you know, it's just kind of adding adding uh, fuel to the fire, you know, that of, of what we got going in the QB room. Tell me how true this statement is. I was talking to a good buddy of mine, Mike Quinn, who also played quarterback in the NFL, played for the Houston Texans. And I was like, just give me some basic uh, – advice for someone trying to learn the position and watch a film and he said always watch the safety the safety tells you all you need to know and even though I played on the defensive side I didn't quite understand what he meant mm -hmm. is there something to that like yeah it, it depends which safety um you know last week they played three safeties against us on some <laughs> personnels uh when we played Arizona Buddha and those guys they had them playing safety but they were had a linebacker responsibility so uh it kind of depends on the week um depends on the play uh, you know, I would tell a lot of young quarterbacks uh, the first thing you do when you catch the snap or get the snap under center, which I think a lot of people don't go under center as much. Obviously, in uh, high school, junior high, seven on seven, you, it's hard to. But if you're taking a snap under center, it's easier to do this one thing. But as soon as you catch the ball or receive the snap, eyes straight down the middle. And if your eyes are straight down the middle, and you have a wide vision of the field, you can tell if there's one safety in the middle of the field, two safety half, or, you know, whatever type of rotation that they're trying to do. Um, and, yeah, so keeping your eyes on the safety spots uh, tends to, for the most part, reveal what the coverage will be like underneath. If you know what type of safety shell it is, you should know what type of leverage underneath is, uh, linebackers, uh, other corners, um, but that's yeah. That I think that's a good first step for any young quarterback. Just get your eyes straight down the middle of the field uh, and feel the safeties uh, with a wide vision. Were you under center much in high school and college before you got here? Uh, college a little bit, not much at all. I would say yeah, very very little in college. High school, uh, my <laughs> my head coach Hugh Sanford, uh, high school Hall of Fame. I mean, great coach. He was there for forever. 
um, recently re- retired, but uh, he said he he put in the Monday Night Football offense. He'd watch Monday Night Football. <laughs> he said, I like that play. <laughs> so he put it in on Tuesday with us. So we did an under center. Uh, yeah, I learned three, five, seven step drop from him. And, uh, you know, play action, keepers, all that game. And we, we graduated to some spread stuff as well. But, yeah, he was uh, – we, we did the Monday Night Football offense in high school. And then you get here, your quarterback's coach is Carl Durrell, uh-huh. I believe. And That's then right. Rick Dennison was involved uh-huh. and Gary mm-hmm. Kubiak, obviously. What, what was it like being coached by those three guys as opposed to what you'd been through high school, college, you know, here? It was good. Carl, um, you know, was a receiver as a background. Uh, great offensive mind, obviously had uh, – you know, coached at UCLA and then went on to Colorado and had been at Miami, a bunch of places. Um, and it was good for me because it was the first time I'd really been coached by somebody who wasn't a quarterback. And, you know, I think that uh, I, I tell young quarterbacks these days, like, don't, uh, you know, don't really believe the stigma that you can't learn anything from somebody who hasn't been in that position. Um, one, because like that person who played quarterback before already has preconceived notions about certain plays, certain uh, ways to get the job done. And there's a lot, like we already talked about, there's a lot of ways to get the job done at quarterback. And sometimes having somebody who's got a little more outside perspective, who's not uh, tainted or, you know, like, you know, kind of jaded in a way that they think the job should be done. Like they're going to, they're going to be more objective about it. And I, I really enjoyed uh, playing for Carl and, studying defenses and types of defenses and tells like, hey, if they're lined up here, they can go one or two spots. If those safeties are lined up on the hashes, they're probably either going to lurk, you know, one safety going to the middle field, the other one's lurking, or they're going to, you know, they'll, they'll fan out and they'll play two-man, you know, based on your man's zone tells underneath. So um, I remember little things like that that I remember him talking about uh, with the, the film study that we had really took my game to the next level. And, uh, yeah, I appreciated him and – uh, what he meant uh, to me, to my career development. With all these uh, new quarterbacks, and you know what, let me know, when did this start? Because my last year, I retired in 2009. I don't remember the quarterbacks having personal quarterback coaches. And I always wondered, like, does the quarterback coach say, like, hey, why are you paying this guy? Like, I'm here. Like, was that a big thing when you were first drafted? For NFL stuff? I, I just don't remember, uh, like, Donovan McNabb, Brad Johnson, the yeah. guys that I played with yeah. having their personal quarterback coach. Well, and a lot of times before the CBA that I I came in, I think there was, like, 2010, mm-hmm. the offseason schedule was drastically different. I think there was a lot more in-the-building work that could be done. Uh, they had quarterback school, um, which I think quarterbacks were here for quite a bit more time than uh, the the rest of the team would be like developing, um, you know, film study different. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've done a little, little versions of quarterback school from like Mike Sullivan, who's now uh, in Pittsburgh. I was with him in Denver and it's like little, little drills that you do to, you know, keep your, your, your quick feet, your uh, uh, just mechanics, throwing motions, drop steps, like just, literally breaking down the three, five, and seven-step drop in a way that, um, you know, there's film of, like, Aaron Rodgers and Eli Manning doing it, and they would probably learn from those those guys, too, like you talked about, Brad and Donovan, like just the, the basic fundamentals of quarterback in, in the NFL where there's so many good defensive ends that you just you cannot hold on to the ball, and you have to make sure you get the ball out on time. There's times to hold on to the ball a little bit, but for for a base, like – in a box NFL quarterback play, um, 
that you have to be able to do these things on time, get the ball to these these type routes, to stop routes, to big you know dig routes, to to crossers, to slants, to to curl routes, and the timing of that um, was taught, I think, more in the building pre two thousand ten CBA, and now it's turned into you know guys going and getting their own guy, um, you know, and it's like I said, there's a lot of ways of getting the job done. Um, have you ever had a private quarterback coach? You know, everybody was doing it, mm-hmm. and it's it's hard to know because we technically really aren't – we can't come in here and work with our coach, like, uh, during the offseason. Like, that for, for January, February, March, most of April, like, we're going to go on our own, you know, like – and sometimes it's nice to have a, a, you know, an expert eye, somebody, like, that can see what you're doing and, like, tell you how you're doing it and, and or film it and show you, so – um, you know, I went, uh, I read Drew Brees' book, uh, coming back stronger and, and heard about, uh, Tom Brady's guy, Tom house out in California. So I went and worked with 3d QB, Adam Dado and John Beck. John Beck was a quarterback with me here. Yes. Yeah. In, in 12, Houston yeah. in 2012. Mm-hmm. And so he went and started working with Adam Dado, whose dad was the baseball coach, coach at, yeah. at USC mm-hmm. with, Tom House, so mm-hmm. they've kind of taken it from Tom and made it their own. It's called 3DQB. Hmm. Um, anyway, great, great guy. So I, I worked with John quite a bit back because he had, you know, played the position and he could, you know, transfer a lot of that. And there was a lot of the just looking at my mechanics uh, and you know getting the most out of my arm at the time uh, and and still doing it. Um, you know, I know a lot of guys uh, continue to work with those guys and they do a great job. There's there's a lot of a lot of guys that do great work out there, and uh, you know, for young guys, we've already you know mentioned three or four times. You know, young quarterbacks, you know, find it somebody who who uh, is trusted and is not trying to get anything from you, and just wants you to be a better person and a better player. I think that's a that's a great spot to be. You know, I could plug myself here. I mean, we got CKQBU. Last year was our first year. I did my own quarterback camp. Yeah, yeah, uh, at U of H here at U of H. In the summertime, so, right? Uh, yeah, I'll be looking up uh, for this next year, too. CaseCanemQuarterbackCamp.com. There we go. Free plug. Let's well, go. Well, hold on. <laughs> Say it slower. Yeah, yeah, and the, Like, this is a real topic for me because – and this is why I like talking to younger guys. The old man in me was like, oh, they're just doing that so they could extend their entourage. But mm-hmm. now the way you broke it down, like, no, because of the CBA, they don't have as much time as we had in the building. Yeah, so yeah. you do need that expert. Yeah. But that's pretty cool because I've always – Thought I knew your dad was a coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean Washington raves about you, and he was like, oh, mm. man, this guy makes everybody around him better, not just physically but mentally. So to know that you're actually doing that now. Mm-hmm. So say it a little bit slower. <laughs> and yeah, how can so, up-and-coming quarterbacks, yeah, what, what will they learn from going to your camp? I love that. Yeah, thanks for uh, asking that, Indy. It's, it, was, it was a fun deal coming back to Houston, being with the Texans, uh, you know, seeing what they're doing over at U of H. Um, you know, and really getting the guys, the the U of H quarterbacks involved. I was able to help some NIL. They pr- helped promote it. Uh, they came out and worked the camp for me. Donovan Smith, Lucas, the guys that came out. Um, and I had some of my coaches from back home, uh, you know, some of my friends come out. And uh, Tank actually came came by and, uh, and helped out. But uh, we had a big camp uh, that was for basically uh, – this this past year it was for most ages seventh grade and up we we extended it down a little bit but had a big camp in the morning and then the afternoon and then the following next morning I asked about uh, twelve guys to stay uh, for 
you know, the, the CKQBU, um, which uh, was kind of more hands-on. Uh, we worked uh, not just on the field on football stuff, but I brought in my guy, Dr. Lou, from All In out in Cyprus, uh, who's you know, he's my Mr. Miyagi, man. He's got, he's got magic <laughs> hands. He's kept me in the league. I limp back to him after every season, and he puts me back together. Uh, but we do a great shoulder and arm care routine uh, that, you know, is paired with some some core stuff, some some lower trunk that uh, I think all quarterbacks should do. So I worked with the guys doing that. Um, uh, Warm out a little bit, too. And then uh, we threw the ball. I had the, the I had some video guys out to the U of H. Shout out to the U of H video guys for videoing it. We got to go back in the film room and watch <laughs> watch their performance. And I really I took them into a quarterback film room. I had Davis uh, stop by, and we talked through some of his film. Uh, we watched some of my film. I FaceTimed Cole McCoy, uh, and we had a great time. It was, I mean, it was legit. Uh, we had an awesome group of guys come out. Uh, and uh, they came back the next morning, and we, you know, worked on what we what I saw in the on the, you know, in the film room that we talked about. We worked on it the next morning. Uh, had some great guest speakers, and you know, it's kind of the start of something I like to give back. I mean, I've been taught so much, and it's kind of what I've been able to do this year uh, in the quarterback room. But uh, you know, and just seeing what I want to do next, I don't know. Um, but. Uh, it was fun. U of H opened their arms, uh, you know, wide and and uh, were gracious enough to, you know, help us out with, uh, you know, a lot of facilities there that we were able to rent and do some stuff over at U of H. So um, it was a great time. We had a good time. It was fun. Uh, looking forward to it, doing it again. CaseKeenumQuarterbackCamp.com. It's a lot of alliteration for an anxious yeah. anchor. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay, you just sort of touched on it, but the natural question, which I know you get asked probably on a daily basis, but is coaching – somewhere off in the future for you and no no one's putting the closing the books on your your playing career yet but mm -hmm. whenever that ends do you think that might be something you want to do with you know, the pedigree with your dad with what you've been doing yeah you know? yeah i love ball um i do um you know i was i was fully ready to go d3 man and, <laughs> and you know go love football and play for for food on the table um and and i still love it i still love studying defenses you know i still love the the uh highs and lows you know i mean as low as sunday was and excruciatingly painful that that kick bouncing off the upright uh that's what make the good times so good mm. you know i mean the 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 two or three games before that and game winning drives are you kidding me like how good does that feel when you felt as bad as we felt on sunday you know so um that's the beauty of this sport the 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 love in the locker room that we have um man i to get real sad here i you know three of my teammates just passed away from u of h um a couple weekends ago and uh man that's it's 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 your brothers that uh you know and all the team's been there and we've all gotten to hug each other um you know and i i came back and i told the guys man like this is this is brotherhood like I, even if we don't always like each other we gotta love each other and and I I do I feel the love in this locker room. There is this is a great chemistry, great bond, and uh, you know every team is a little bit different, but you feel you feel similar stuff for every team you've been on. So I love that. I love football. I love the 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 bond you have with your teammates and coaches. So um, you know I don't know. I've I've got the quarterback camp that scratches itch a little bit. Done some real estate stuff. Uh, 
the winery down in uh santa fe oh yeah texas. that's right yeah. santa fe texas yeah hack yeah. wines man uh uh, be looking for something coming. Uh, some football I've seen related. The, I've deal. seen the stuff on Instagram. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got some stu- good stuff, man. We've uh, got a chance to do that about three years ago, and uh, got some good stuff coming out of there. Kyle Johnson, our, our winemaker, is doing a great job. So that's more of a hobby, but I don't know. We'll see. Who knows what's gonna what's gonna happen? All right, gonna take a quick timeout. Texans huddle. Case Keenum joining us. This episode is brought to you by CKQBU. Make sure you go to CaseKeenumQuarterbackCamp.com to get all the information. Quick timeout, and we'll be right back. Welcome in. Welcome back. Texans Huddle. I am Indy. He is Drew. Case Keenum joining us in the seat. This segment brought to you by Hack Wines. Make sure when you're in Santa Fe, you check out Hack Wines. All right, let me – hold on. I got to interrupt things before we get too far into this stuff. You both are teammates or were teammates – of the great Andre Johnson. Come on, man. You played with him early part of his career. You threw lots of touchdowns to him. You had no conscience and just <laughs> threw it to him, and he went and caught it, and it was awesome. <laughs> He's a semifinalist now for the Pro Football on, Hall of Fame. We, I know the three of us all agree he should have been in before this, but for the idiots out there that don't understand or don't believe, let's start with you, Case, and then I want you, ND. Why is Andre Johnson a Hall of Famer in your mind? You know, I'm trying to think of something that's not just like obvious. All right, so I've I've played with some cats. Like, I played with some real real dudes who could who could catch the ball. I'll, I'll name them. So a few, just off the top of my head. Uh, Andre, DeAndre, uh, Thielen, OBJ, Diggs, uh, Jarvis Landry, Kenny Britt at his at his peak. Let me go through some more. A lot. You've already said some names that are yeah. going to be in, in camp. Okay, someday. so. I will say, of all you line up. Okay, I'll break it down this way. So when I when I'm lined up under center or in shotgun, and like I look, say I have an, a mirrored route, like I got the same route on the left as I do on the right. I got one high coverage. I got man. Okay, it's just who who do you like best? Corners are the same. Like who do you like best? And like there's certain guys that give you like tingly feeling, like and <laughs> Thielen was one of those guys. You know, Diggs was one of those guys. Like. And I had a hard time sometimes deciding between them because I had both of those cats at the same time. You put anybody over to my right and Andre Johnson on the left, and I'm throwing left. Like, hands down. That's just – and like you said, I was unconscious throwing him the ball. And that's maybe why it was so fun and Houston loved it because everybody's like, why are we not throwing Andre the ball? I don't care if he's triple covered. You like, fed him, man. And I just threw it to him. <laughs> he's triple covered, you know. Uh, and so I, that's, that's my, my pitch. That I just like, I mean, <laughs> the tingly feeling, and uh, it's it's just you can't speak it. There's no words to describe it, but it's just you look at him, and it's it's all gonna be okay. Yeah. You know. <laughs> let me and let me qualify things. I said he had no conscience when he was doing this. He wasn't throwing interceptions. Either. <laughs> there was a long stretch where you, you, I mean, you had set some sort of record. Yeah, CJ just broke it. Yeah, that you hadn't thrown. It was pass attempts without a pick, and he was. I mean, he was throwing some, and Andre was going to get it. Okay, so that's the quarterback's view. Let's hear the defensive lineman's view who practiced against him. You probably played against him before you got here. Why is Andre a Hall of Famer in your mind? You know, I mean, it doesn't get better than the way Case broke it down, but just as a guy myself who's played with Brian Dawkins, Terrell Owens, Bruce Smith, Deion Sanders, when I think of those great Hall of Fame players I played with, Andre's just as good as any of them, if not better than some. And one thing that I know the Hall of Fame committee won't take this into account, 
But one thing that always amazed me about Andre, and I remember my first year here in 2006, I pulled him aside, and he was already established by then. Yeah. And I was like, man, you practice like an undrafted free agent trying to make the team. <laughs> and that's how he approached it. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, I'm just trying to get better with every single rep. And I always appreciated it, even though I'm older than him. I always appreciated the way he approached the game, the respect that he had for the game, and just the impact that he has. He has the same impact on every single game, even if we didn't win, but his impact, you felt it the same way you felt it from a Brian Dawkins, the same way you felt it from a Terrell Owens. And and I've played with some great ones, and Terrell Owens should have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't know if I could sit up here and say that he's better than Andre Johnson. So, mm. there, and I know the reason why the so-called, uh, well, they aren't so-called, the decision makers are a little hesitant is because they don't see the double digit with the touchdowns with Andre. But it just doesn't matter. After a while, you take into account the stats, but then you also have to turn on the film and just yes, watch the game. 100%. And if they do that, he, he'll be in the Hall of Fame this year. All right, I had to get that in because you guys are, I mean, so well qualified it, to, to discuss it. it. Yes, so that, thank you for indulging me there. I appreciate All that. All right, speaking of that, I opened up this show. And again, not just saying it to stroke your ego, you're going to be a college football Hall of Famer. And that's a huge accomplishment. Now, tell the truth. I know you're a humble man. Do you sit and think about it like, Hey, this is what I'm gonna wear. <laughs> this is gonna be my speech. This is who's gonna introduce me. No, I I do think about the nine touchdowns I threw against Rice, though. Oh, <laughs> wow. Was that in one and, game or no, was, was that? Was in, no, that was in one game. Years. One game where it was raining, and they just kept scoring. Like I, I, they were I like, "Hey, Case, that. you're out of the game unless they score right here." And they that Rice would score again. So I went back out there, threw another touchdown. Like, okay, if they don't score again, you're we'll put the backup in. They go down and score. We go out and throw another <laughs> touchdown. <laughs> Sorry, I had to throw. It took me all show. I was sitting there thinking about the a reply the to what you, what you said earlier, That Andy. was strong. <laughs> that was strong. Matter of fact, whoever was playing cornerback or safety, they should introduce you. <laughs> but yeah, that's strong. Yeah, so I guess you do think about it. <laughs> no, I don't I don't think about the Hall of Fame. Uh I mean, it, we got a we got a really cool chance uh, to go into the Hall of Honor at U of H this past year. Uh, such a special deal. They did it over at Post Oak and uh, had a great class that I was able to go into. And Jim Nance, uh, MC wow, the event, yeah. yeah, man, and he was he's so special, man. The way he he announced and did the whole thing. So um, I don't know it, those those type things, kind of like nostalgic and looking back. Uh, you know, um, when the time comes, it'll be fun to do, but. Uh, who knows? We'll see. Now, like as a broadcast, so doing what I do, you got a nice relationship with him, right? I mean, he's because he's a coup. He's he's, a coup, he's the man. perfect marriage of outstanding talent, good dude, and someone who works and worked. Oh his, no doubt. You know what off and then no timing. I mean, he's just it all came together for well, him. Well, and stayed true to himself. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, he has never changed. You could see him. He'll, he'll, he'll announce in a game and like, you know the. Uh, somebody running down a kickoff went to U of H, and you know he'll he'll happen to slide in nice. University of Houston Cougar <laughs> so and so. You know, always do that. He actually got to call my first game in Kansas City. That's right. Uh, yeah. The first start uh, uh, for the Texans uh, was at Kansas City, and he called it. Uh, it was pretty special, pretty cool deal. Now you talk about you know Jim Nance and some of these greats. I want to talk about what do you do off the field just to enjoy yourself, relax. I know you're a man of faith. I know you're a family man. So, but what, what are you like? Are you a, a hunter, fisher? Or we had Schultz on. He's a mm -hmm. huge gamer. Yeah, yeah. He showed me pictures of his gaming room. Yeah. What does Case serious about do gaming. outside of uh, family and the word to kind of relax and get away from the sport? Yeah. Um, 
you know, anytime I can be around family is, is big. Uh, I do love to golf. Um, I really enjoy golfing. Uh, you know, that bug comes and goes a little bit, uh, especially now that we have young kids, four and two. Uh, but uh, I'm trying to get Kyler into a little bit. We'll go in the backyard, have a little putting green chipping, and I'll, hey, let's go hit a bucket of balls, you know, nice. trying to get him going uh, so I can take him golfing or Cadence, little girl, too. Um, love to golf, love to hunt as well. Um, and uh, you deer hunter or you bird hunter, or both or? all of the above, man. Yeah. yeah, I love I love uh, deer hunting. Waterfowl is is a blast, a lot of fun. Uh, went down to South Texas, got some dove this year too. So I'll, I'll do whatever. So a buddy of mine, he's from Conroe, Texas, mm -hmm. took me hunting finally. I enjoyed it. Loved the wait. Yeah, you know, we waited for like six hours before we even got to pull the trigger. But mm -hmm. just something about it. for so deer hunting, were you yeah, deer? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Then when we got the kill and they we had to um, cut the skin off. Yeah, harvest it up. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That I'm was done. that was it. <laughs> I threw up in my mouth. Yeah, like you don't you don't want to know vegetarian. Not into the field dressing. You like part. the first part <laughs> and you like the burger on your <laughs> exactly. on your plate. Yeah. You don't want to know anything else in between. So huh? do you do all that? Uh huh. And it doesn't bother you. Uh, I mean, I'm not gonna say it doesn't bother me. Like, I mean, do you some enjoy, of that smell. But he like enjoyed it. Uh, I mean, this is a it's work. Um, I think the whole process you enjoy. It's like no, I <laughs> I, I do. I I don't know. You nailed it. I like the shoot and the the burger. <laughs> exactly. On the plate, but exactly. That in between was yeah. Like, All the other stuff. It's you know you you get the end product and the the thrill and you know exhilaration of of uh, you know harvesting the first part of it uh i don't know it's definitely work in the middle <laughs> yeah I, I couldn't do that you just brought up your kids they are they decent athletes yeah i know they're little but they uh you can can you see any glimpses of anything uh you know i got a lot to live up to with cushing son rolling uh rolling the competition over there at <laughs> the tully bowl yeah. yeah yeah uh so you can see that all over all over instagram but uh yeah kyler you know he he does pretty good um you know, he can throw and catch a little bit, and we got him doing some soccer stuff. I'm not going to push him too hard. I want him to have fun and uh, keep having fun, but, you know, we'll see. When you say you're not going to push him too hard, I talked to a lot of my buddies. Mm -hmm. I actually, my kids are older. I didn't want them to play uh, tackle football until, like, seventh, eighth grade. Do, do you have that thought, or you kind of – we'll just see what happens. As I didn't grows. play till I was in seventh grade. My dad really wanted to make sure uh, – Somebody who could teach tackling uh, it was very important to him. You know, I don't know how much, you know, he had thought about development-wise, like brain development, all that stuff, waiting till seventh grade. I think it was more along the lines of, like, the Little League coaches around, you know, he just couldn't control who I was going to – because he couldn't coach me. He was coaching his team, so he didn't want, you know, somebody random throwing a drill out there and, you know, uh, getting hurt like that. So I played flag football a little bit growing up. Uh, I'll probably wait uh, if Kyler wants to play uh, tackle till seventh. That's that was kind of the 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 situation that it was back then. It may be different now, but that's my initial thoughts heading into it. Um, but I wanted to play all sports. I think yeah. I think you should play all sports. I played everything. That's why I have them in gymnastics and soccer right now, and uh, just learning all you know flexibility body movement with gymnastics and a lot of footwork uh with soccer so um but making sure it stays fun all right case keenum joining us texans huddle one more segment to go this one brought to you by ckqbu make sure you go to case keenum quarterback camp.com and is that just a summer camp 
Right, as of uh, now, while you're now. Yes, okay. yes. We're, we're looking maybe to uh, incorporate some, uh, you know, kind of come train with me, uh, with Lou out in, in Cyprus at All In. Um, you know, I've got a quarterback coach uh, that, uh, you know, we're going to try to work with some sort of programming if, if guys want to do it more consistently throughout the year. Uh, still all in the works, but, uh, you know, hit me up. Love your input on the socials. We'll see what, uh, what happens. Where, where can they hit you up on the socials? I don't know, Instagram. Uh, Twitter, is it case at Case Keenum? I, I don't even so. know how social media. I think media so. Work. Yeah, I'm, I'm not I think Twitter. it's at Case Keenum. <laughs> it's either Case Keenum or Case Keenum Seven. I don't know. <laughs> They'll find it. <laughs> Look, if you can't find it, then you probably shouldn't. Be I am there. on there. I'm on there. It's Case Keenum Seven. I think. All right, we'll check that out. Quick timeout. One more segment to go. Texans huddle right here. Welcome in. Welcome back. One more segment to go. Case Keenum sitting in with us. I am ND. He is Drew. And you are you. And we appreciate everybody listening to Texans Huddle. And we definitely appreciate Case Keenum taking time out of his day off to sit with us. One more segment. This last segment brought to you by Hack Wines, Santa Fe, Texas, the real state, not Santa Fe, New Mexico. So make sure you check them out. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, My Cause, My Cleats Week. Always a special week for you guys, Case. So what's the, what's the story behind your kicks, man? What's what the, the cleats you're representing, man? Yeah, this year, uh, it's actually a cause I've, I've tried to, to get. There's so many causes that, you know, deserve so much recognition and so much promotion. Um, but this one is, is near and dear to my, our heart. Uh, something we've, we've gotten to know uh, a lot of people involved with. But Compassion International. Um, uh, a lot of people might know it as the, you know, where you get to sponsor a kid, uh, you know, in a uh, country of need. And, you know, I, th I think as little as a dollar a day and you get to be basically pen pals with them and, and get to watch them grow up a little bit, uh, be involved in their life. But, uh, man, they do such an incredible job of equipping uh, and empowering local people, you know, pastors and, and uh, leaders and communities of need. Uh, not just not just you know giving resources and then getting out. It's literally going in, empowering them, training them, equipping them to uh, to be able to help others. And it's you know with already uh, local churches and communities and schools that are that are already going. They just they they equip them, empower them, and uh, it's been really cool to see. Uh, I've had some friends go on some trips uh, with them. And, uh, you know, uh, Nate Soldier's one of those guys, uh, played for the Patriots for a long time, is kind of spearheading a lot of stuff with the NFL and compassion. So uh, something that's very, very near and dear to Kimberly, my wife and I, as, as our hearts and, uh, you know, something that uh, definitely needs promotion and, and needs help, uh, you know, just like um, the Bible tells us, not just here in our own backyard, but, uh, uh, you know, across the nation as well, other nations. Awesome stuff right there. Now, this is a true story. After I went hunting for the first time, I was like, man, we need to bring this into the inner city and, yeah. and expose it to people who haven't been exposed to it. But it got shot, done, shot down because I want to call H&H &H, hunting in the hood. Shoot your food, not your brother. But the NFL was like, nah, bro. Like, we can't get behind that. So as a hunter, as a football player, can you help me? get that going again uh, you know I mean, think about it shoot your food not your brother yeah there's there's something there's something there maybe in in rebranding maybe you gotta you gotta find a way to to maybe soften what, the, what's wrong with that statement <laughs> well just starting with the word shoot like i don't know maybe maybe figuring out a way to rebrand it to a softer softer landing zone read an article a few <laughs> weeks back 
about the quarterback dinners where oh yeah the wives the uh, fiance what's that like you, it's you three and and your better halves mm-hmm. how much fun is that it's a blast I look forward to it every week uh, you know it's my wife and I Friday nights you know we have fast Fridays around here we get done I get to go pick up the kids from school and, and fast and, fast Friday is for those that don't know uh, so you know uh, most of the week is is fairly long days of practice and meetings and all that stuff but Fridays we come in we do red zone. Um, and, you know, have a pretty quick meeting. But after practice, we, instead of coming back in to watch the film and lift or do something, uh, D'Amico lets us go, and we're off for the rest of Friday afternoon. So, uh, you know, from 2 o'clock or whenever, we're done on Friday. So we tend to try to make that our date night. Uh, I've made that our date night in the past. Well, last year with Josh, um, he kind of had this whole idea and had done it in the past where it was, you know, Friday night was QB date night dinner and so josh josh allen in okay, buffalo got it got it. so that's kind of where i got the idea from and, and it was like win or lose or whatever the situation i mean we had a, a bomb cyclone you know what a bomb cyclone is it's, it's a big it's bad the, storm it's a huge <laughs> storm it's a lake effect of 72 inches of snow in 24 hours and we still had qb dinner wow, wow. <laughs> uh so there was there was that whole deal something we implemented there in buffalo so i was like you know what this is so much fun it's it's hard to get out every friday and get a babysitter and get lined up like and sometimes it's hard to get out the door and to go but but uh man we were like we're gonna do it let's do it let's schedule it and cj picked up on it he loves it davis his wife our wife to be tori uh, they love it as well, and uh, yeah, we've gotten to show CJ a few spots around town. He's showed us a few, and uh, it's been good. Uh, we love it. You know, we're we're not as diligent. Last week was tough with Thanksgiving. Had everybody you know in town and stuff, but uh, yeah, it's a great way to un- unwind and unplug and uh, get together off the field. What well, what's the biggest ticket? Well, Shab, I I went my rookie year. I was practice squad, mm-hmm. and the O line went out. Uh, every week and one week shops like hey i'm i'm gonna go to o-line dinner if you want to come quarterbacks are invited i was like great i'll come so i went and sat down at the end of the table and shop and chris myers and those guys uh i was on practice squad at the time they sit down a fake bill to me wow <laughs> that was more than i made in a month <laughs> that is awesome <laughs> i think it was over twenty thousand dollars and i i was like just Going through my head, okay, my debit card has this. <laughs> like, I can call Kimberly to get this. Like, so you really thought you were gonna pay? For I it? just like for like five, maybe less seconds than that. That is fun. And I like, I like side glance, a peek down there. You know, like I don't want to like show I'm reacting. <laughs> and they're over there trying not to just die laughing. And I'm like, oh, that is hilarious. Thank oh, God. Wow. Yeah. All right, that's gonna do it for <laughs> us today. Big shout out to Case Keenum. This has been brought to you by Hunting in the Hood. Shoot your food. Not just, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. This has been Texan Huddle. Case Keenum, man, it's been awesome. Always love to sit down with you. Uh, you know, been a fan of yours from afar, even though you went to the hated U of H. But when y'all didn't play rights, I, I was, like, truthfully, I was always rooting for you. So it's good to be able to chop it up with you uh, as you are here leading this team. For Drew, I'm Indy. This has been Texan Huddle right here on Sports Radio 610.